Hi everyone, welcome back to Live, Laugh, Learn with me, Laurel Chaponier. This is episode two, a Steminist stance, where we'll be exploring gender roles in science and beyond. So, first things first, Steminist. What is a Steminist? It sounds very similar to feminist, and that's because it is. The word steminist comes from um, the acronym STEM, science, technology, engineering, and maths, and the word feminist put together, and you get steminist. Now, I myself would say that I identify as a feminist. I truly believe in equality of opportunity I don't believe that the body parts you have should dictate where you go in life. And I found a couple of quotes online because people are much more articulate than I am. Um, one says, in general, feminism can be seen as a movement to put an end to all sexism, sexist exploitation and oppression and to achieve full gender equality in law and practice. Feminism is the belief that women are entitled to the polit- to political, economical and social equality. And I think that sums it up quite nicely. I wouldn't say I'm, you know, an extremist. I just would like to have the same opportunities that, for example, my husband would have because he's a man. And it's very clear that the science community for a very long time was dominated by white men for a very long time and so this movement came where we now have this new word steminist and there's um a website called investinginwomen.co.uk and they have a really nice uh, piece on what steminism is Um, but i've picked out a couple of bits from there that i'd like to read to you Women known as STEMinists are shattering gender norms and glass ceilings in STEM disciplines. These women are committed to advancing gender equality in their respective industries and are enthusiastic about what they do. They act as role models for young women and encourage them to pursue STEM fields. The lack of representation is one of the biggest issues facing women in STEM. In the past, STEM disciplines have been dominated by men and the admission of obstacles for women has been significant. By removing obstacles and opening doors for future generations, STEMinists are altering this narrative. We can build a more fair and equitable society, spur innovation and advance by supporting gender equality and diversity in STEM. And I think that is a lovely um, summary of of how I feel. in in my role as a scientist and in my role as a as a feminist so now i've set the scene a little bit i'm going to go back back to the very beginning i'm sure we can all remember back to when we were little and the things we like to do i would never say that i was a girly girl i would say i was a tomboy a girl that likes to do boyish things I like to climb trees, I liked to build dens and I fall out of trees and get messy in the mud and you know it, I wasn't particularly interested in 
um, dressing up and the typical things that you'd associate with with girly girls. And I remember um, thinking that I got on better with boys than I did with girls because I had more in common with them. And then growing up through school, you know, I had friends that were girls and some of my best friends are girls. Shout out to the girls in the in the audience. Um, but I would still say that I never really shook that kind of tomboyish attitude off. Uh, you know, I, I get dressed up and I put a bit of makeup on sometimes, but that's not me on a day-to-day basis. I would rather stay in bed for an extra half an hour, especially now I'm a mum. And then the thought about what that would mean for being a scientist didn't really come about until um, I think I was in year seven. So I was about 11 or 12. And the teacher had set a task. It was like one of the first science lessons of the year for us to draw what a scientist looked like. And straight away, I drew this middle-aged white man with frizzy hair and a lab white coat, <laughs> a white lab coat on. And uh, yeah, I went straight for that stereotypical almost see them in the movies kind of scientist um which is weird to think that it was already ingrained in me at 12 that that is what a scientist is and now a few years on more than I care to admit um I'm here trying to fight that stereotype so went through school talked about it a little bit in my last episode and started doing a science degree um i had an interesting chat with some of my students the other day about what what is a scientist when do you become a scientist um and i told them all that they are scientists they are scientists already they have chosen to do a science degree um but some days i don't feel like a scientist so you know, I'm trying to encourage them to think that they are scientists, but I'm working on that myself as well. But I started my science degree, learning about all these different topics, wearing the white lab coats, and I had quite a good experience with my science degree. Um, there were a range of both male and female lecturers that were teaching me. Um, there was a good range. Um, some of them were more old school, I'd say, um, but it, it was good. It was a good range and there was um, a good amount of diversity on the courses in terms of gender, but also ethnic background. So I think I was quite lucky um, in respect to that. But I always thought you still have this kind of idea of what what a, a high achieving scientist lecturer academic looks like and even though i had these women role models who were academics the, as, as you go further up you, you see more and more men and there was still this kind of underlying difference 
between how men were treated and how women were treated. Not not overtly. It, it was very subtle. Um, and this started to manifest a bit. Once I got married, so I got married in my second year of university. People stopped asking me about my studies and they started asking me when I was going to have a kid. When are you going to have a baby? Well, are you pregnant? And I almost felt like I became a bit of a vessel. I wasn't pregnant. I didn't get pregnant for a very long time. Um, but that was my main identity. According to other people, that's how I felt sometimes. Um, and that my my career, the, the thing that I was pursuing kind of took a, a step back. Um, but that was never me. That's never what I wanted. And my husband, absolute lovely man, always knew that I was driven and that I never felt like I could conform to normal social gender roles. So I carried on with my degree. I was the main breadwinner for the house for the majority of the time uh, while we were doing our studies. I then became a teacher uh, in my first ever lesson that I taught at university. Um, this man, um, he was probably in his 40s. I was 24 at the time. He was probably in his 40s. He called me ma'am. As in like sir and ma'am, like ma'am. And I remember it taking me aback. Um, he was an international student and I know that he was doing it out of respect, 100% doing it out of respect, but it really took me back um, a bit to, I, I wasn't expecting it at all. <laughs> uh, and it, it still gets me to this day. Um, I think when people see my role or they say that you, you say you're teaching at a university, they, they kind of automatically assume things about you. Um, and I'll come back to that in a little bit, but a few years down the line, I uh, get pregnant with my son and it was a long time coming. Me and my husband had tried for a very long time to uh, to have a child and he's healthy and he's a little terror and I love him to bits. Um, but even though I was a mum and that is a big part of who I am, it was never all that I was or all that I am now. I struggled quite a lot with maternity leave. I struggled with the lack of direction and feeling like I, I almost didn't know who I was anymore. And I'm sure there's a lot of people who can relate to that feeling um, of being a bit lost. I know that I would never be a very good stay-at-home mum. Me and my husband have often talked about what would happen if we had more children. Um, it probably won't happen, but, you, you know, you talk about these things. And we have agreed a few times now that he would be the one that would leave work and be the stay-at-home parent. And 
it's a mutual decision. It's not that I'm being this domineering wife that has to have everything my own way. <laughs> Though you can ask him that. Oh, don't take it from me. Uh, <laughs> you know, I enjoy work. I enjoy what I do and I enjoy um, the feeling of progressing within my career. It's a big part of who I am. It's a big part of, of what I do um, and how I gain self-worth. Um, my husband doesn't feel quite as strongly about his work. He enjoys his job. He teaches criminology. He does well at it. Um, but it's more of just a job for him. You know, he's, he's having a good career. He's got a good job and he will work to earn money, but he doesn't have the same, um, sense of, you know, need for that career as I do. Um, and this came up, this conversation came up quite a lot while I was pregnant. Um, and after I'd, I'd had my son, once he was about six months old, I went back to work and a lot of people were surprised that I'd gone back so soon. If anyone's listening in the States, that is soon from UK standards. Um, <laughs> everyone expects them to be one before you go back to work. Um, and I, I felt a big sense of guilt, a massive sense of guilt. Like I was letting my son down. I was letting him down by going back to work. But I knew that that's what I needed to be a better mum because if I was happy, then I could look after him better. Anyway, di digressed a little bit. So when I came back off maternity leave, I started a new position and I'm a fully fledged lecturer now. Um, and I have like project students. Um, and one of the <laughs> first things that uh, I get from one of my project students is an email about meeting up and it starts dear sir <laughs> um and then goes on to say that they're one of my project students and they look forward to working with me etc etc it was a very very polite email and my name is a bit you know laurel could be masculine i suppose um i didn't bring it up it didn't really matter i know it was an honest mistake um, but they did automatically assume that I was a man. And I'm sat in this meeting room waiting for him. And he knocks on the door and he's like, oh, I've booked this room with so-and-so. And I'm like, yep, that's me. <laughs> he was not expecting me to be the one there. I can safely say that. <laughs> um and, and I laugh about these things now, but it does show an underlying um, expectation for for what is a, an academic in science. Anyway, <laughs> my current place of employment has been um, really, really good. Um, they're very much for um, career progression. And I've recently been... Um, funded a place on the Aurora program, 
which for those of you who don't know is a program run by Advanced HA and it's designed to help women guide their career into senior leadership roles within higher education. Um, there's also a number of workshops that are designed to help you um, guide your associate professor application so you know what you need to do. So I'm, I'm super excited about um, the potential opportunities uh, at the at my new workplace. I say no, I've been there a while now, but it still feels new to me. I think the main thing that I am hoping to um, achieve, even from doing um, this podcast and doing the courses that I'm doing and doing this research, is to start breaking down some of those assumptions. There's been a few times where um, like lab technicians have thought I was a student. Yeah, I don't mind you thinking that I'm young. Um, <laughs> I'll take it. But I know people look at me and they don't think successful academic scientist empowered woman you know they would probably ask me when I'm having my next baby <laughs> and I have had a few of those questions I have also had a um, small experience told to me recently and I won't go into all of it because I'm hoping to bring it up on um, this podcast in the future but a colleague of mine had an experience with um, an older man. Not within, not where we work, but outside the uh, the institute where we work. And this man was very sexist, very derogatory towards women, very um, clear that women's priorities are in the home with their husbands, with their children. They leave their careers to answer the call of babies. Um, and it really kind of brought it back to the forefront of my mind that we don't think that there, we often don't think that there's a, a very big issue anymore with between gender roles we don't think that you know whether you're a male or a female what you identify as matters that much anymore in terms of your career but as soon as you scratch the surface it does there are still massive pay gaps there's still massive um disparity bet between the number of males and females in senior leadership roles even pensions the men have more pension for some reason it's still crazy that in 2023 these issues you know we're working on them but they are still very much there very much present very much affecting those of us working in the field now I've gone on again longer than I thought I would, so I'm going to wrap up.
we need to think about what challenges still face us within the within our own contexts for me as a scientist and as a woman there are lots of things that are still assumed about me because of the body parts I have and I do not believe that the body parts that I have or the gender that I identify as should impact that career at all my role as a mother my role as a wife should not and does not impact the quality of my work and that is something that I really want to break down if uh, you have got to this point I want to say a massive thank you we have the ability to leave voice messages on our podcasts so what I would like to ask you guys to do is if you have ever experienced um, sexism or felt like you've been put at a disadvantage within your context because of the gender that you are or that you identify as I'd love to hear from you I'd love to hear what's going on um, and see if any of this resonates with you I'd also like to uh, say a big thank you to V, who left me my first ever voice message um, at silly o'clock in the morning, but I'll hand over to her. Good morning, Laurel. It's Vinette. It is 6.28 in the morning, and I've just listened to your podcast. I'd just like to say thank you very much for sharing that. That was really good. I'm really looking forward to the next one. You have a brilliant day. Bye. Thank you so much, V. Um, that was so nice. And it shows your dedication um, to be up that early. Um, <laughs> I can't say that I am quite so um, with it at 6.30 in the morning. So hats off to you. <laughs> Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Live, Laugh, Learn. And I hope to see you again very soon. Mm-hmm.